So, you know, each night I'm normally reading her a book, usually a princess book or something. And then that night I said, hey, Gracie Kate, I've got something for you tonight. And so I began to read the letter. Well, I forgot to take into account how emotional I was going to be reading this thing. I mean, I'm just boohooing through the whole letter, as you can imagine. Yeah. And she had never seen me cry before. So I'm like, well, you know, what does she think? So I get to the end, end of this amazing letter and I look at her and she looks at me and she says, uh, Daddy, can you read me the princess book now? <laughs> Welcome to Authentic Conversations. I'm your host, Ryan James Miller, and I believe the way to freedom, fulfillment and success ultimately comes by living as the most authentic version of yourself. If you're ready to live the life you've dreamed of, you're in the right place. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Authentic Conversations. I am so, so fortunate today to have the guest that I do. Um, you know that uh, from time to time, I've had some of the guys that I'm in, the Iron Sharpens Iron Mastermind with, have been some great discussions. A lot of those guys poured into season two, talking about manhood and masculinity. And today's guest, if you're watching, you're looking at him already, but he definitely could have fit that bill and he could have, he could have leaned right into uh, to this idea of manhood and masculinity and talked very, very uh, uh, wisely into it. But I think that uh, having waited as long as I have to have him here, you're going to understand why he being featured as a part of season three is going to be so important. Uh, just a, the way in which his own hurt, heartache, and real tragedy has helped to weave the story that it has and lead him to be on an incredible incredible mission that he is on. Uh, so we'll leave that for a second. Um, but for now, Blake Brewer, he is the founder of the Legacy Letter Challenge. Uh, he is on a mission to put this legacy letter into over a million people's hands to help them write this letter. He's going to explain a little bit more about what that is. Uh, but for now, Blake, what's up, dude? Welcome. Ryan, man, I, I am so excited to be here. I love you. Um, from the time that we met in Nashville at uh, our Iron Sharpens Iron Mastermind event. And so I appreciate you and appreciate what you stand for and all that you do. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And the feeling is mutual. I just, I feel like, and again, I think, you know, as people watching will see, like, you just have such a genuine heart about how you carry yourself and what you do. And you can see a picture of your family behind you again, watching. And I know that you just so deeply care for and lead and love your wife and your kids. And uh, so I just, I have so much respect for you and that just makes it that much better. Plus we get to talk about some amazing stuff today. So um, I'm excited. Um, okay, so uh, I alluded to, for everybody that was listening, the Legacy Letter Challenge. And so maybe first just give a little bit of color to what that is. And then obviously, I think it'll be really helpful for people to understand how you got to this place. Yeah. Yep. So I, I really believe that the most powerful voice uh, on the planet is a father's voice and a mother's voice. I mean, there are things, Ryan, that I could go say to my children um, today that would absolutely wreck their life. And I shudder to even think about those things. Um, I mean, like you could say those same things to my children and it might hurt their feelings a little bit, but they're, they're not going to need some therapy to get through it. Like if I were to say it, but on the flip side, there's um, things that I could say to my children um, because my voice is so powerful. I can help them 
have confidence. I can help them navigate life. I can um, help them find purpose and meaning in life. And so my dad did really did something really special with his words. Um, he took his words and he put them on paper and he increased the impact of those words and he made his words lasting. And so, to, you know, to fully understand, uh, you know, exactly about this mission that I'm on, uh, you got to understand, you know, what my dad did for me and how it came yeah. about. So when I was 19 years old, I got a call from my mom. I was at college and she said, we're going on a family vacation to Hawaii. I said, heck yeah, let's go. Uh, first day that we were there, we went snorkeling. And so it was my dad and I out in the water, just me and him, my sister and my mom, my family were on the beach and there was nowhere else I wanted to be in that moment. And so I had a really good dad, um, not a perfect dad. Now that I'm a dad, like I see things that, uh, I'm trying to improve upon as we all are. Um, but to my dad, from my dad was really my hero. He was larger than life. Um, metaphorically and also physically. So my dad was a really big guy. He'd been drafted uh, to play tight end for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, his main claim to fame, though, is that he was Terry Bradshaw's tight end at Louisiana Tech. So they were best friends and roommates. And you can imagine some of the stories that came out uh, of those years. Um, but my dad was also a really humble guy. So he hardly ever told anyone that he was Terry Bradshaw's tight end. I told everybody. <laughs> it, was, it, it was like my claim to fame growing up. So we're out there in the water. Um, we kept going further and further out and the water got uh, really deep and the uh, waves got really big. The current got stronger and I realized that I didn't know where my dad was anymore. And so I started scanning the water and eventually I saw him and I could tell that my dad was in trouble. He wasn't doing well, but he looked right at me and he said, uh, I need help. And my dad had this really big, deep, booming voice, but his cry for help was more like a, a soft whimper. And so I swam to my dad as quickly as I could. By the time I reached him, um, he was underneath the water and he was unconscious. And so I dove down, uh, wrapped my arms around my dad, pulled him to the surface and started to swim with him uh, to shore. Luckily, there were some lifeguards and a nearby snorkeler that showed up, helped me get him to shore. They started doing CPR to my dad. And I was next to him and I was just crying out to God, like, would you please save my dad's life? And I really thought that at any moment my dad was going to come to that. It was going to be like the movies where the water just kind of comes out of his mouth and his eyes are going to flicker open, but it never happened. And so my dad ended up drowning. And so it went from one of the best moments of my life to the worst moments in just a matter of minutes. And I'm standing there like next to my dad's body, like what the heck just happened? Like a minute ago, him and I were just out in the water together. Mm -hmm. And so I was already asking myself the question, like, how, how are we about to make it without my dad? Like, how am I going to make it without my dad? So fast forward a couple hours and we're back in the condo. I'm sitting in the back bedroom on the edge of the bed by myself. And my mom appeared in the doorway and she's got some sheets of paper in her hands. And she says, I found something in her dad's briefcase that I know he was going to give you on this trip. Um, I had no idea what she was talking about, but she walked across the room and handed me a letter. It was a letter from my dad. And apparently he had been working on this letter for several months um, having no idea that he was about to die, having no idea that this would be his final words to me. 
And as I read this letter, it was everything that I needed uh, in this moment. And I just had a sense of peace and just comfort, you know, that everything's going to be okay. I felt hope. But really the emotion I felt the most was just, I felt loved. I felt so loved. Like, like, don't tell me my dad didn't love me. My dad was a hospital CEO. His hobby was refing uh, high school football games. He loved football. He was really involved in our, our church. And in the midst of this busy schedule, and now that I'm a dad, like I see how busy life is, he took the time to put on paper how much he loves us, his family values, um, some wisdom. As I got to the end of this letter, um, I believe only God could have allowed my dad to write this final sentence. But my dad wrote, as you're being faithful to the Bible, you're often going to find yourself in the minority. But I can assure you that in heaven, you'll be in the majority. Love your dear old dad. And I am reading that like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to see my dad again. Uh, and it really allowed me to, to grieve my dad's death, like in a very healthy way. And I had some therapists and people tell me that, and I got to a point pretty quickly, quickly where I was able to just be grateful that I had, um, a good dad for as long as I did, you know, God never promised that my dad was going to live to be 80 or 90 years old. And so while a lot of people don't have a good dad or don't know their dad, I had a good one for 19 years of my life. And so that letter that my dad wrote, I cannot even imagine where I would be if, if I didn't have that letter, his words, um, just brought so much confidence into my real, you know, the last 20 years through the ups and downs of my career, getting married, starting having kids. Like my dad's letter has still been there, been able to return to it, especially that year after, um, I died, his words in a way really protected me. Um, I would start, I remember I would lay in bed at night and I would start to relive that day. And I would just have these, what if thoughts like, man, what if I had done something differently? Could I have saved my dad? What if I didn't even go out with my dad? He wouldn't have gone out that far. And, you know, was this in some way my fault? And anytime I started to have a thought like that, it was like, my dad's voice was right there. Like, this is not your fault. Like this, this just happened. It was an accident. And so my dad protected me from having survivor's guilt. Um, and so again, I'm just so grateful, uh, that my dad wrote that letter. I think it's, I mean, there's so many, obviously so, you know, so many powerful things and, uh, you know, obviously though it's been 20 years, it's still just a terrible thing to talk about. And so it leaves its sense of hurt and stain. And, and yeah, I think one thing that like was very weirdly coming to my mind as you were saying this was typically the only time that we get a letter from somebody that dies is a suicide letter when somebody mm-hmm. intends to take their own life. Um, and, and oftentimes they're not in a good headspace to communicate, you know, what they're trying to tell people, uh, even when they're trying to do that in a loving and considerate way. Um, but because of that type of event, you, you, you're never truly able to appreciate people may hang on to those words the same way, but they just don't get the opportunity to appreciate them the same way because of 
the type of tragedy that that is. And obviously your dad's death was so tragic, but because he gave them to you with the intention just to, to, to love you and, and, and to have you have them in the present, right? He had no idea. It wasn't like he was terminal and, you know, surprise, I'm not going right. to make it, but here's something to remember me by. It's like, I'm going to give you this and, and you could have this for the next 30 years of us together. Um, and so I just think that there's just such power in that. And then it, it it's, equally as incredible. I think because of the words that he left you with that truth, uh, and then the manner in which then God then stepped into that situation for you, it is just incredible to think. I'm sure you had horrific days, but to be able to step through that in that way at 19, 20, 21, and then obviously into all these firsts that you would have in life without your dad, but to be able to have such a positive experience because of that is wild. Like, few people will ever get that. Yeah. I think it really, I was able to, um, take, you know, my thoughts off of myself, which is where a lot of people go. You just think about yourself to really start thinking about other people. And so pretty quickly after my dad died, I, I got involved in a ministry at my, at the college I went to, and I was starting to serve other people, have conversations about with other people. And, um, and so, I just really think that helped me uh, heal from it. And my dad's letter and the things that he wrote just just put into perspective my life and, and his death. And so I just, it, you know, I was just it made me realize how short my time here on earth is. Like, it's going to go like that. And so yeah. for the time that I am here, I want to live for things that really matter. Um, and for me, uh, I believe that's God and his word and then other people. And so I want to serve other people while I'm, I'm here. So then, uh, let's fast forward to a few years ago. And when my children were young right now, they're seven, five and two, but even when they were younger. And so I was probably just like you and a lot of people listening, like I'm a young dad. I want to be a good dad. And I've got a lot of things going on and I'm like, okay, what do I do? Like, how do I be a good dad? And the thing I thought of was I got to write my kids a letter. I mean, that's what my dad did for me. If anyone knows the value of a letter from their dad, it's me. So I go to write this letter to my children and I'm staring at a blank sheet of paper and I'm like, what the heck am I about to write? Like, it was really hard to get my thoughts and feelings organized around this. And it, it kind of hung over my head and, but I knew I had to finish. I knew I had to finish this letter. And so I, I kind of went into research. I did go into research mode, reading books and articles, listening to podcasts and, and looking at my dad's letter as a model. And, uh, one asking, Hey, what's, what's kind of blocking me from writing this letter right now? Like what is overwhelming? I need to work through some things, but then also if I'm going to write this letter, I want to put the best things in there. The things that everybody needs to hear from their dad. And so I finished the letter. It felt amazing to finish this letter. You know, I, I went out to, I went to write this letter for my kids benefit, but then it was, I was the one who benefited yeah. from this letter. I mean, it was, it was really just this journey. The process of writing this letter was just this amazing journey. It was a, you know, such a milestone moment in my, in my fatherhood journey. Uh, so real quick, real quick on that, Blake, I, I, because I think I could take off track for a second because I, I know you've, you've shared this enough that, that we'll get back into it. But I, I do want to hear a little bit more about that. I think that that's super helpful because um, 
this obviously, and I, I know how the rest of the story is going to go to some degree and the impact you're going to have on, I think millions of people is going to be just astronomical, but something that you said there was like, you didn't realize the impact that it was going to have on you. And so yeah. obviously if somebody would have asked you, you know, the day before you decided to write that letter to your kids, uh, what you think about your kids and how much you love them and what you love about them. Like you would have been able to say all those things. And I'm sure that knowing what I know about you, you do say those things, even to the, you know, at that time, couple month old that, you know, just kind of barely gets it. Um, but what, what did that allow you to really like reflect on? Like, what was that impact for you? Was it more about like, um, how, how you were parenting your kids and maybe some pride there, which I think would be amazing. Was it how you saw your kids? Was it the relationship between the two? Like, what was that? Yeah, a couple things. Um, so, you know, life is so fast and we're just constantly going from one activity to the next. And, you know, a lot of times I get to the end of the day and I'm like, okay, I worked, we made dinner, we got the kids in the bath and then, you know, we put them to bed and you were just doing that. Over, we survived. But when I, <laughs> yeah, we survived today. And so for me to take that time and um, to reflect back, number one, on the things that my dad had done for me. Um, and then to think forward, like, man, what do I want to be true of my family? 10, 15, 20 years ago to really, so I really, um, galvanized my vision. Um, and then, uh, I, I think I would also say I increased the vision. Um, one of the things that somebody told me, um, early on, he said, man, you don't want to be the limiting factor on what God could do with your family and <sighs> what your God could do with your children because your vision was too small. And I was like, okay, I need to increase my vision. So going, that was part of, you know, things that came out of writing, wow. Um, that letter, but then it also paused and made me, you know, if I'm going to write this, okay, I got to think down, okay, what is true of my children? Like what, even though they're young, but as I'm affirming them, I'm mean, saying what I'm, I'm proud of them for. And so looking at what they're good at. And so then, and then through the process too, just understanding how important it was for me to communicate those things. And for me to make sure that my words and my voice is, is deeply embedded um, into their heart. Because all of our children, whether they're in a situation right now, they're, they, they're about to be in one. They're about to face a decision. They're about to face a temptation. They're about to face an opportunity. And I know that my words are, and with my words in their life, they're going to be better off. And mm -hmm. so with this kind of noisy, chaotic world, like, you know, it's not like a hundred years ago, or even when you and I were kids, like it's just a lot noisier. You get on social media and the internet. And, uh, I mean, I feel for our kids, like the things that they're having to na feel for us, the things we're having to navigate. I mean, there's a reason that, uh, depression, and anxiety are at an all time high. And so, uh, it was just one of these things like, man, I have got to work to get my words, my voice into my children's life. So it, it wow. just strength. It was things that I already kind of knew, but yeah. then it just strengthened my conviction for it. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Okay. So thank you. I think that, I mean, that's, Gave me the chills as you were saying some of the things you were. So, okay. So you, you're finishing up writing the letter to yeah, your finished. children and you yeah. wrap that up and then well, what? I, I was going to tell you this. I did decide to go ahead and read it to my daughter when she was, so she was four. And so, you know, each night I'm normally reading her a book, usually a princess book or something. And then that night I said, Hey, Gracie Kate, I've got something for you tonight. And so I began to read the letter. 
Well, I forgot to take into account how emotional I was going to be reading this thing. I mean, I'm just boohooing through the whole letter, as you can imagine. Yeah. And she had never seen me cry before. So I'm like, well, you know, what does she think? So I get to the end, end of this amazing letter and I look at her and she looks at me and she says, uh, Daddy, can you read me the princess book now? <laughs> Which I, it's like, yeah, I can read you the princess book. And I read it to her. Um, but the next night she went up to my wife and she said, uh, last night, daddy read me a message. Can he read me that message again tonight? Wow. And so my daughter, she didn't understand all the concepts in that letter. Yeah. She will in time as she gets older, but she got the main one. She's got a daddy that loves her. Mm. So it was through that experience and it was around that same time that I met a couple guys who, like two months apart from each other, they tell me a story about receiving a life-changing letter from their dad. One of them was a guy named Victor Marks. And he didn't even know my story. And at 25, he gets a letter from his biological dad. He was ticked when he got it because he was like, who does this man think he is he, to call me dear son? And so, but here's the power of the letter because he was able to, initially he wasn't going to talk to him. You know, I'm not giving this guy the time of day, but he kept reading the letter and his dad's words softened his heart. He goes to meet with this, his biological dad, gives him the time of day. Long story short, him and his dad become best friends and his dad becomes his best man at his wedding. And he's telling me the story. And I'm like, yeah, it all goes back to this letter from your dad. Two months after that, I'm in Nashville at our mastermind event and Pete Vargas is sharing a story about getting a letter from his dad. And it was like okay. a light bulb moment. Like, what am I doing here? I got to help more people get a letter from their dad. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the mission started to help a million dads write at least one well-written, meaningful, lasting legacy letter. We've since included moms in the mission as well. I believe every mom needs to write this letter, but their kids also want and need this letter from their mom. Mm -hmm. And so for that was two and a half years ago. And so now I have been leading moms and dads from across, across the country, really through a very similar process that I went through writing the letter mm -hmm. and taking them on that journey. You know, this is more than just a letter. Like most people aren't, aren't even getting a letter from their parents. And so, um, but this is a legacy letter. And so we're putting everything that, you know, someone would want to hear from their dad or mom into this one letter. We're writing it down. So there's no doubt. Um, and then we also have some um, lessons to help people as they're working through their own things in their life and things that kind of mm -hmm. block them, like for, uh, and thinking through what they want for their family, thinking through what they didn't get from their parents, but what they want to provide for their children. So lead them through this whole journey of writing this uh, amazing legacy letter. It's so crazy too. Like, for some reason, I guess just I have gone through, like I was sharing with you just offline, like I just finished a fast and going through a lot of just spiritual transformation for myself. And like, I'm thinking about my own story and most of my audience knows most of this. You don't know at all, but uh, my parents divorced when I was six. Um, you know, so that was a, a weekend dad and he did, you know, his best, you know, with that. But we had some challenges growing up. Uh, and then at one point I went 10 years almost 10 years without speaking to my biological father. Um, wow. And it was just a, a, a brutal time. Um, and and it was it was mostly, it turned into mostly me. I was just so hard-hearted. I just didn't want anything to do with him and um, embarrassed to say some of the things that I thought then. 
Um, but uh, in like 2011, we reconnected. God just miraculously moved. Uh, and today, here we are, 2023. My dad is one of um, my closest friends. I love him deeply. And and the two things that come to mind was, first of all, um, every once in a while, I'll just get a random text from my dad. And it just says, I love you or I miss you. Wow. And so the power of words to me, especially from somebody that like I went so long without speaking to that I love so dearly, is just so incredible. The second thing that came to mind for me was I will spend whatever amount of money is required to get my dad to participate in this because I want this from my dad. As much yeah. as like I'm a dad and I want to do this, like I want... I want my, I want this from my dad. Like I, every time my dad says something to me, my mom too, definitely. But when my dad tells me he's proud of me or he loves me or he looks up to something that I'm doing or he's watching my content and he's learning from me or, uh, you know, how I am as a father, it's like, it makes me feel so good. And my dad in his early seventies only has so many years left, right? Whether it's tragedy and it's tomorrow, God forbid, or it's 15 or 20 years and it's just natural. Like he's not going to be around that much longer. And I cannot wait to convince my dad to do this because I'm just going to tell him like, you have to do this because I need this. And so, so just, it, it fires me up so much. So are you going to send him this episode? Yes. Yes. This is going to be it. Like my dad's going to hear dad right now you're watching this. I'm not actually going to say anything to you until right now. You have to sign up at the end of this to get into this program. Uh, I may do it faster because God forbid something happens. I don't want to make light of that, but you just never know, but it's just incredible. Okay. Well, so Brian, you're on this, I, like, let me just say every, everything that you're saying there, I mean, talking about you loving those words from your dad, this relationship with you have with your dad, like we're all there. Like we're yeah. all long for that and want that. And I think it's a good reminder too, as we're like our children want that from us. They may not be able to communicate mm -hmm. that too, but I mean, you wanted this relationship like a long time ago when you were a kid and you weren't, you know, yeah. just didn't happen, but it's never too late for those. You know, I help a lot of parents write this letter who, I think shame is probably a good word. They feel some shame over some decisions they made or there yeah. was a mom yesterday and she in a group and she was like, man, I just, it's really hard for me to write this letter because I think about my kids younger years. I was a single mom. I was barely making it. And I wasn't, you know, we weren't going to Disney world, anything like that. And the rest of the group was like, Hey, you were doing the best that you could. Yeah, that's right. If you did make mistakes, you can forgive yourself for that. But from this day forward, you can, you know, live differently. And I also yeah. told the group, I was like, look, you're writing this letter now. Like average parents do not write this letter. Like yeah, above right. average, great parents, right? And the fact that you're writing this letter, like you are a great yeah. parent. You need to know that and believe that. <laughs> I, I love that because I, I think that as, as I think about my own life and all the mistakes I've made as a parent uh, and, you know, what, praying that I could undo them and then yet at the same time being so thankful to God that I didn't destroy my children in the process who are now 21 and almost 14. Um, but I also think of all the other young parents that my wife and I get the opportunity to minister to, to counsel, to coach and support as they're challenged with, you know, bringing up children in society today. It's a brutal, brutal environment to be in. And it is, it's so condemning, right? Everything that you do, somebody does better. And so I just feel like parents need to be affirmed and what an amazing thing you're doing in, in, in being able to do that. And it's almost kind of like, 
not tricking them. That's not the right word, but it's like, Hey, I want you to do something good for your children. And they're like, of course I do. But then they get into it and they realize like you did when you wrote yours, how incredibly encouraging it is for themselves, which is just such a beautiful picture of the way God works. It's like when we go out to serve somebody else, as he calls us to, he always ends up blessing us through that. And so I love that so much. Um, okay. So yeah. you, you've been on this like mission for, for two years. And I remember two years ago hearing you just starting to kind of scratch the surface of some really cool opportunities. And I think the only reason that I, I really want to highlight some of this normally, like I told you offline, I'm not big about at this point. Like, so tell me how amazing you are and tell me all the ways that you're making an impact. Like it's cool. But, but I think this one is important because of two reasons. First of all, I think it's important because it does truly show what you did when you were faced with the tragedy that you were like, it took many, many years, but like that tragedy, like the impact you're having now wouldn't happen had that tragedy not happened. I think that's number one. Number two is I think sometimes people do need to hear the crazy impact that's, uh, that is out there so they can get excited about maybe joining in or them finally stepping into the calling that they have to, to lead their own. So what's the last kind of two years been like? And I know you're going to, you're going to share something really cool that by the time this episode goes live, um, you will have just done it, but, uh, tell us a little bit about what's been going on and who's been really receiving this. Uh, well, yeah, so, uh, two and a half years ago, I, I knew there was a moment where like, Hey, this is my calling. And I went and told my wife like that day, I was like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm helping at that point. It was just dads. I'm helping dads write this letter. And she's over there. She's like, okay, I know your dad's letter was impactful to you. But, and then she's like looking at our three kids. Like, so you're telling me you're going to provide for our family by helping people write a letter. <laughs> and I had to look at her at a straight face. Cause I really believed it. I'm like, yes. And I can't tell you exactly how it's going to work out, but I know what's going to work out. And yep. so initially we were just helping individuals. People were signing up to write the letter, not a ton, but enough to kind of like kind of make it. Uh, but then pretty soon uh, there were some financial advisors who went through the program and they're like, man, we need this for our clients. And so now we have over a hundred financial advisors that we're partnering with who buy a license Whoa. for our program to provide it for their clients. It's a huge win for us. Um, one financially, but also mainly it's helping us get more letters written because they're out there advocating to their clients to write this letter. And it's a huge win for them and their business because now wow. they get to become this trusted life partner. You know, a lot of advisors are not doing things like this, but the ones we partner in, like your, your advisor does this and provides this for you. Like, okay, I know I can trust you. Um, wow. And then we started doing some, there were some professional athletes along the way um, that we, we got to help. We got to help a group of uh, dads that were in Delta Force. And so these are all retired Delta Force guys. And my dad was very patriotic. So, man, I was like, this is so cool to help these guys. Wow. Some of the most highly skilled, trained people on the planet who've all killed a lot of people. Like they told me some of the stories. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to help them write their legacy letter. One of the guys was um, Jeff Teagues. He gave it his uh, 21 and 23-year-old sons their letter last year for Christmas. Christmas, they open it up Christmas morning and they're like, oh, a, a letter. <laughs> like They didn't get it at first. And so then they went home and read it that night. They came back the next morning and Jeff said they kind of gave him like a, like a bro hug and that was it. 
And he was like, man, what the heck? Like, I just wrote this amazing letter and that's all I'm getting from him. And so for the next six months, he had no idea if this letter had any impact on his children. He gets a call from his, uh, from his buddy and his buddy says, Hey, Jeff, I was just hanging out with your son. Your son told me that this past Christmas, you, you gave him a letter. Your son told me that it's his most treasured possession, that he reads it every single week, sometimes multiple times a week. Jeff had no idea. But his son, who lived in a different state than him, Jeff was connecting with his son's heart, impacting his son, influencing his son every single week for the last six months. And so I get those stories and I'm like, man, this is what what it's all about. So we've, we've done some, and now we're doing some corporate stuff as well, which again, when we started this thing, I had no idea we've done, uh, we just finished up doing seven teams with Walmart and these teams were writing their letter, moms and dads. And, uh, it was amazing for me to help them write their letter and just the process. But then the team leader is telling me this was unbelievable for our team. Like they just bonded and united. They're working better together. Like, like my service just benefited Walmart. <laughs> like, uh, you know, like how cool was that? And so I had no idea when I started that things like that would happen. And then, uh, probably the thing that is really exciting right now is the today show found out about what uh, we're doing. And they said, Hey, come up to New York city. We want to film an interview. And so we did that and, uh, that will have come out by the time this airs. And so, uh, I mean, for me, it was so surreal. Like, you know, in my mind, I thought maybe things like that could happen one day. But um, Mm -hmm. when it did happen for me to be able to share my story, my dad's story, to really honor my dad, like in a in front of an audience like that. How how did how did they find out specifically? Do you know? They I got an email from them, and so I initially I didn't know. And I didn't ask. Um, but then when I went up to New York City, I asked them and they said uh, the intern was there that found me. And she's like, I don't know. I just Googled, Googled you <laughs> or I was Googling things and you popped up What? <laughs> like a total God thing, man. I mean, people pay a lot of money like to, you know, try to get oh. on those shows. <laughs> Forget and it. So like just, there, there's yeah. sometimes there's no amount of effort and work that could ever get somebody there and have it happen the complete opposite way. is just insane. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things. I love that. I I do love to, um, you know, like you spoke to the Walmart thing. Like I love the corporate aspect of this for a couple of reasons. Again, obviously I I don't want to diminish the, the, the true intention and the true impact, which is the parent to the child. I, I think that that will always be, you know, primary, but, um, you, you spoke to the fact that, you know, the team leader was, was so encouraged by, you know, the team building aspect. And I, I, I can rarely think of a more powerful way to bond people together than through their common love and bond as parents for children. And the way in which they're going to step through that process and learn about themselves and share that with one another and know that they're going through that together, which I know, you know, with, with, uh, you know, some of the big, um, uh, professional, uh, sports, you know, uh, uh, associations and leagues that you're, you're working with too. Same thing. Like, you know, uh, uh, an NFL team does this, you know, as a group together and, you know, they go hard together, but then at the same time to be able to bond over something so deeply emotional and deep important um is just it's incredible it bonds them in a way that few other things can 
Yeah, it kind of takes that relationship, especially that work relationship, whether you're on a sports team or, you know, working in a corporate. But to take that to the next level um, and to talk about things that really matter to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just this level of empathy. Like when when you start to have mm-hmm. empathy and then you grow in emotional intelligence, all those things, like, um, it's just so valuable. <laughs> That's so true, man. So true. Um, all right. So... How do people get involved? I think like I rarely, I'm telling you right now, it's not because I'm any, any bit of importance or the gatekeeper that needs to be, but I try to keep this so much about like story, story, story. But if you are listening at this point and you parent a child and this has not moved you to either do this directly with the legacy letter challenge or figure out a way to do this on your own, which I still think you should go through a program like this. You're nuts. I just, I don't get it at this point. There's no way you're not moved to do this. And so if you're listening right now, I pray that you are on the edge of your seat. You're literally trying to ask you, you've Googled Blake already. You've done something, but like you want to get involved. So how do people get involved to make this kind of impact on their own families? Yeah. So anyone listening can go to legacylettercallengecom slash Ryan James Miller. And we've got the outline that you know, we, you know, the, the outline that I guide all the parents through, you can download, you can have that for free and you can see this um, powerful letter that we write. And then you'll also have an opportunity to sign up for the masterclass. And I truly hope that everyone at least considers signing up for the masterclass. Mm-hmm. That is the best way that I can help someone write the letter. I've seen, you know, parents write the letter that um, they just, it didn't have the impact that they wanted it to have because there's just some things that you can communicate to your children. Um, they can have that deeper impact that really makes it stick. And then there's some things you can say that um, uh, kind of put up a wall between your children. Like, mm-hmm. and so I, I try to, help parents not say those things. Um, and so when you sign up for the master class, uh, you can go through at your own pace. I have a video for each um, section of the letter and uh, uh, there's office hours. You can ask for help, example letters, but then you can also choose to go through it live. And so you can pick whichever one. So each month I am leading people live through it. So you can join the zoom call and you can be on there with everyone else and listen to me live. And then we, um, there's special guest speakers uh, every month. And so uh, we've got guys like Terry Bradshaw and Ben Roethlisberger and Steve Largent um, coming up. So you're no big able deal. to jump just, in on those. Just super <laughs> yeah. manly, awesome guys that were touched to do this themselves. What I actually think is really cool about Terry Bradshaw, and obviously, you know, there's a family connection there, which is, which is super cool anyway. But um, uh, for that short period of time that uh, um, they had a reality TV show, uh, when you see him kind of interact with his family, even now from time to time, he's just such a dad's dad, you know? And so I think that that's so cool that, um, that he sees so much value in doing, you know, in doing this and being a part of this. Well, yeah, he is a good, he, he cares about, he's got, uh, two biological daughters and a stepdaughter and you hear him talk like he loves his family. Um, and so he really is a, a great dad off, off when, you know, behind the scenes. So that's incredible, man. That's so incredible. All right. So legacylettercallenge.com slash Ryan James Miller. I'm stoked. I got my name on that. Uh, <laughs> um, and we'll put that link in the show notes as well. I'm also going to make sure to uh, link directly to Blake so you can reach out to and connect with him if you have any thoughts or questions, um, you know, beyond you directly engaging again. So I'm sure he'll share this if you were to connect with him. But if you lead a team, if you uh, run an 
organization and you think, gosh, like we're trying to figure out creative ways to bond our team, to build relationships, and I have a desire to impact my team in a personal way, I cannot encourage you enough to reach out to Blake to talk to him about ways that you guys can do this for your team, your organization. I think that's incredible too. Right. And one comment on that, because I get this asked a lot, there are a lot of people on these teams who don't have kids. And so I help Mm -hmm. them write a letter either to their parents or a sibling or a friend or somebody else in their life. And so that's amazing. They don't just have to have kids to write this letter. That's incredible. Okay. That is fantastic. So Ryan, we got to help you write a letter to your dad because you're wanting this letter from your dad. You got to write one to him. I know. Letter of gratitude. Shh, don't, don't tell him he's listening to this episode <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, I know. I, I like. I think that if I'm super honest, that I remember the first time that we talked about this again. It's it's been almost two years, and it was like I'm just so busy, and I tell my kids I love them, and I try to do my best to tell my dad I love him all the time. Like I just don't have the time for this. And the reality is, especially after, you know, the conversation we've had, which I'm super grateful. Like this is another one of those God moments for me. Like I am a hundred percent in, I want to write this for both of my kids. And I want to write a letter to my dad. Like I have just recently finished, I shared with you offline, uh, my book, which will publish and in it talks about a lot of the war stories of the hurt and, you know, from, you know, my dad and that relationship, but then also like the way God worked to, to mend that. Uh, and make it so much better. But still, even with that, I still feel like there's so much power in directly addressing, you know, or directly addressing how much I love him and the way he's impacted me in the ways that he did as a kid, even when he was imperfect. And now when we have such a better relationship, so no, absolutely. Like I just, I, I know I need to do it. And this is a priority that I need to make because even at almost 45 years old, like I could get on an airplane. I am getting on an airplane in a couple of days and I may never come home. And I just don't want to live without that kind of regret. So absolutely, man. you sold well, me. We'll get you, you sold we'll, me. we'll get you signed up, man. We'll get your letter written. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Blake, dude, this was so good. I mean, I knew we were going to just just have a great chat and I knew that there was going to be some power there. But again, I just I think there was certain things in the way you said what you did that made me realize just how powerful this is and just how necessary this is for every single human being that walks this earth. So I pray that you blow far beyond that million. Uh, but uh, I'm definitely looking forward to, to helping support and make that a million. And I hope all of our listeners are too. So thank you, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. You guys, this wraps up so far my favorite episode of the season. I mean, I guess I could change my mind at some point, um, but just such good, such good content in terms of ways that we can better lead and love the people that are around us. So if you have been impacted, please, number one, first, share this with somebody else. I mean, I think it's so important just to spread this word and you can do this into your communities. Two, hit that link. Make sure that you go to the Legacy Letter Challenge and you get involved for yourself. Do not regret not doing something like this for your family. If you have any other thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, you know where to find me. I'm here to take it all. Thank you guys so much for your support. I appreciate you. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Authentic Conversations. If you are ready to live the life you've dreamed of, I'm here to help. Head to ryanjamesmiller.com slash podcast to begin your journey. 
And if this episode impacted you in any way, pay it forward by sharing it with someone you know. I'm Ryan James Miller, and I'll see you next time on Authentic Conversations.